when I place first at this show and my last versus when I place second or top five, the same thing the next day was like, um, all right, coach. So well, what do we got to do to get better? Yep. Like that's the same thing. And that's the, the name of the game as an athlete. You have to accept that because the only way you lose is by giving up. What is happening? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Grodi Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mihaly, and I am joined by the WBFF wellness world champion, Maria Barova. And oh my goodness, this one's fire. My, my, my palms are sweaty. My knees weak. My arms are heavy. <laughs> it was a phenomenal, phenomenal podcast. You guys are really in for a treat. So make sure subscribe to the YouTube. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Give us a thumbs up. Share this one with your friends. I'm not sure you guys are ready, but I'll see you inside. Maria Barova, a name that, in my opinion, has become synonymous with dedication, transformation, inspiration. You're a beacon of hope, and I hope that you realize that for thousands of women worldwide. I checked your Instagram following before we hopped on 200K now, but as the newly crowned WBFF Wellness World Champion, Maria, your journey is nothing short of remarkable and I think this is your first official podcast since being the world champion. Is that correct? You are 100% correct. I actually, such a big honor to be on this podcast. Justin, I followed you for, for years since I was just a little baby amateur athlete and <laughs> looked up to you as how you coach your athletes, your mindset and everything else in between. And Yes, this is my first podcast as a guest. And honestly, I'm honored and I cannot wait to share my story. And for even every single listener that tunes in, you know, like to me, that's amazing that someone wants to sit here and listen to my story and what we're talking about today. I'm truly honored and grateful. Well, by the end of this podcast, I think you're about to have thousands and thousands of more fans of yours because something that draws me to you is your positive energy. Like, dude, you... You are so positive. You are constantly upbeat. You're 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 a source of so much good, just good vibes, and people gravitate towards you. I can tell. But before we get into that, WBFF World Champion, like, I mean, dude, that has to just feel insane. Chat with us about that. My goodness, I remember. When I first laid eyes on the WBFF and, you know, when I first started competing, I actually was in the prep for an NPC show. Okay. Um, and, you know, I have utmost respect for all federations. Every federation has, you know, the right athlete for them. But just when I saw some of the people that I look up to, you know, stepping the WBFF stage, the glam, the fashion, I was like, I want to do that. And I don't want to just do that. I want to be a world champion. And it's really funny because with my coach, he has my form from the very first time I applied, what, what my end goal really was. And it was not only to become a world champion one day and lead by example on and off the stage, that same thing is what I say to this day is I want to you know maintain that and be a reigning champion. Um, because to me, champion means so much more than just the title itself. But I can't describe that feeling. It still hasn't sunk in yet. It's just been a few days when, you know, I'm standing on that stage. And the moment, you know, the new WBFF Wellness World Champ was announced as me, my heart literally was like, it fell to the ground. And I'm like, I can't believe that all those years of hard work, consistency, tears, everything 
that goes on and to get you to that point, it was like full circle moment. And my heart is just exploding with gratitude. And I was like, holy shit, is that really like broke down in instant <laughs> tears? Miss, Miss Positive went Miss Emotional real fast. <laughs> well, listen, but, we were yeah, manifesting in the DMs. A- we were manifesting yes. in the DMs before the show for the last like couple months, I feel like. Um, like, well, no, I remember even it's been longer than that it's been like four or five months. We've been talking about it. Cause you made a post about, you know, starting the, the, the prep towards earning that title. And I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm not extremely keen on WBFF. And I guess before we go a little bit further, we should maybe talk about some of that. What I love about it is I yeah. think the same thing you love about it as well. It's, it's, the pageantry behind it is remarkable. It's beautiful. The stage yeah. setup, the lighting, it is beautiful. Talk to us about the criteria. Yeah. Um, the practice that goes into the routine. Cause hey, oh, yeah. listen, you're posting some Instagram events, and I'm like, Mariah, like, okay, <laughs> like that is you are a supermodel. It's it's very different. So it's very, very different. Yeah. So When it comes to the WBFF, the WBFF stands for the World Beauty, Fitness, and Fashion Show. So that's exactly what it is. And, you know, uh, Paul and Allison Dillette have put in a lot of time and effort to really make this federation stand out amongst the rest and create a space where you take fitness and fashion and combine them into one. I myself have been a little diva since I was a little baby. I used to be a girl that used to dress up and perform at tables at family get-togethers. This is so my like, shocked face. This, literally, <laughs> it's like, this is my forte. Let me rock and roll. So with the WBFF, you know, I actually became a pro as a bikini athlete. So we have several categories. We have bikini, wellness, fitness, and figure for females. Um Bikini is a lot softer of a look than your standard bikini in other federations. It's, you know, it looks very beach body bikini. You still have the fullness in the legs, slight definition in your midsection, but it's not as muscularly developed as, you know, other federations are. It's a lot softer of a look. Wellness is a lot more lower body development, minimal upper body development. You know, you still have, you know, your rear delt slight definition, but it's truly a disproportionate amount of development in your lower body than upper. Then you have fitness. Fitness is like a very conditioned balanced physique, but you're not, you don't have that much size. So I would say like a very conditioned bikini physique in other federations could easily venture into a fitness physique in WBFF. And then you have figure. Figure is just, again, the same X-frame, balanced physique, but just a lot more muscle mass. Um, and you guys can always go to, you know, the WBFF entertainment page and see the world champions to get a true epitome of, like, what they look for when it comes to category look. Um, but like I said, I actually became a pro as a bikini athlete. And I myself, my style of training, I like to be strong as heck. Like, being strong is one of my passions, and I love to train with intensity. And it got to the point where... You know, and it's that's probably one of the talks about my last season where I went from bikini to wellness to winning that wellness first crown. Um, I just outgrew the category and I was hesitant at first to accept it. But I was like, you know what? Hell yeah, I'm up for the challenge. I definitely had imposter syndrome. I was like, wellness. I definitely do not feel that with looking down and looking at my physique. But I was like, you know what? If that's where they see me, then I'm doubling down and I'm going to buckle up put in the damn work so I can truly grow into that. Um, so that's the overall, you know, look uh, criteria about that. Now, when it comes to how the shows are run, 
for bikini and wellness, you have a bikini division, um, a bikini um, part of the show, and then you come back and you have your gowns. So you come in with these, uh, you know, high fashion gowns. You could get their bespoke gowns, custom gowns. Ooh, okay. So stunning. Like my favorite part is seeing all of that. Yeah. And then for fitness and figure, instead of gowns, they actually have theme wear. So it's like a Victoria's Secret fashion show. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. Like that's my favorite. Yeah. Seeing my teammates who are in those categories come up with these gorgeous costumes and it really is a production and a show like it is so much fun to watch so much fun to participate in and lastly i would say the one biggest point of difference is that posing you truly get to step into being like a model and expressing your unique self it's not you have to pose this way this way this way for the judges to judge you it's can you step into your unique look and just shine bright with that type of style of posing and embodying who you are as an athlete. And that's one of the things I love so much is the freedom to express myself um, that, you know, it's like, you can only do that so much. And it's like these beautiful gowns and costumes, where am I going to wear that here on the streets? You know, I'm a PT, I'm in gym gear all the time, being able to do these glam, you know, events and stuff like that. Oh gosh. It's like the high from that. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait till the next show, man. So I love when I have a guest on and, you know, all of my guests, I've never had a guest on that. Like, I I don't know that I don't like have familiarity with. Um, I say that now and, you know, the podcast is changing a bit. There are going to be some guests who come on who we're not super familiar with each other, but for right now, I know all of you, like I have a friendship with all of you, but what I love was when a guest comes on and you can just, they're oozing passion right out the gate. And like, I, I, I love listening to you describe the WBFF. I, I, I think that's phenomenal. And I think it gives the listeners a great understanding of exactly what's going on here. The, the, so you come in a like very extravagant, like swimsuit type almost for the first part of the judging. And then the evening gown is a separate, judgment. So yeah. are those the two judgment rounds? Are there any further judgment rounds from there? Yeah. So that's where it ends. So you have your bikini round and that's where you usually do the comparisons for your physique and performance with the other competitors and your gown round. That's kind of like the cherry on top. That is what really separates, you know, if there's a very close placing, you can knock that placing off just with how you're presenting yourself with your gown. And, you know, it's a judge that overall look, you know, that marketability. It's not just about your physique, although it is very important. It's not just about your physique. So that's one of the things I learned throughout my competitive career is that they do look at everything from head to toe, from the looks that you choose, right? So it's really important that, you know, you put in that effort to bring your best package overall. And my God, I gave full reign to my designer to just, I had no insight or knowledge on any of my designs. I just said, I'm leaving my trust in you. This is my first world. Let's bring it home. Yes. So when I tried on that dress for the first time, tears, tears of gratitude, hand stitched with love from Renata. Renata is a designer based in the UK. Renata, I'm going to send you this. I love you so much. And, <laughs> and, and hand sewed everything. And you could just feel the love when you put it on. Man, it got, I like broke down in tears. I'm like, I cannot, believe, I literally feel like a princess. Like, I can't wait to showcase this. 
My gosh. But yes, so you get judged bikini round, gown round, and both really do matter. Most of the judging happens in the bikini round, but the gown round really can hit that home run if you come in with an, an astounding gown and presentation yeah. there. Was that your the blue? Was that the, the the blue gown that you posted on Instagram? So so you a lot of people ask questions about that. So we actually have several events leading into the show. We have media day registration day and then show day. So both all of those days you do have to dress up for. So media day was where I wore that blue tealish gown because it was um, breakfast at Tiffany's themed. Okay. Registration, uh, just a free for all, no theme for registration, but I had, you know, a, a beautiful silver custom gown made for that. It's that big Royal gown that I had with the rose gold and teal. That was super big. That was my gown that I had for show day. Okay. It was like, one after the other, and then that was like the grand finale. My okay. gosh, a lot of dress there, but man, what, uh, where am I ever going to wear something as astounding and I beautiful? Like, like where can you? Well, well, sh- I think that should be. Oh, I see that. Yeah, that gown is insane. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that gown is insane. Wow. Okay, out of this world. Yeah, out that's of this- that's phenomenal. Uh, oh, yeah. So, if you guys go to to their. Let's see. Yep. It's just right. It's the first tagged um, pinned post on your Instagram, just Maria underscore Barova. Um, that's absolutely phenomenal. So that how, how much time does it take for them to make that gown? I mean, that thing is spectacular. Oh, I cannot even imagine from the creation to the design to putting that together on top of the other gowns in my suit. You know, I put in my order months in advance. Yeah. I put it in probably about five or six months in advance. And I just... I'm amazed. I'm amazed to see, you know, the craftsmanship and the fact that I had sent my measurements and just the thought, just the one brief of just, I let's bring it home. Like I put full trust in you. Yeah. And when I did the fitting, everything fit like a glove. I was like Cinderella moment. I, like, <laughs> I am overwhelmed. I'm yeah. like in their room doing my fitting in tears. I'm like, you guys, this is insane. Wow. Um, but yeah. Oh gosh. You, that's just, it's priceless. Those moments are just priceless. And, you know, I'm just very grateful. Those are the types of, you know, things I get to wear and showcase my, yeah. only a girl can dream to do something like that. And it I grew up looks wanting like, that's what you're living. It looks like you're a Disney princess, like living <laughs> no. out this, this dream. It's, it's so cool to watch. It really is. Um, yeah. you also, you won the first impression award. Oh, um, I, I saw you post that. about that. What's, what's that? So during registration, we actually at Worlds have awards. So I got nominated for Female Model of the Year, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and there was other nomination. Uh, no, I didn't win that one. I'm boycotting. Uh, but yeah, no, no. But listen to this. So there was a lot of nominations: um, Female Model, Coach of the Year, Male Model of the Year. And we're sitting there at registration. We still haven't gone to Female Model of the Year. And Miss Allison Delette, you know, interrupted the sequence of awards and did an impromptu award. And this is a really funny story. And I'm actually happy that you asked about it because this is um, best first impression came from this. So she was talking about, you know, uh, the fact that the first time she laid eye on me was the minute that I landed in the hotel and how I had set the standard for fashion and what, you know, it means to embody that, you know, pride and joy of being part of the WBFF from the minute I got to the hotel. What did she mean by that? In that moment, mind you, she's telling the story. And I'm like, man, I wonder who that is. Like, I wonder who got that. And she said Maria Barova. And I'm like, like, I, did I just get an impromptu award no one got nominated for? And just hand, like, I was in shock. Well, here's what happened, Justin. Yeah. I'm going to the show all by myself. 
three um, international size suitcases, my crown box and all. Mind you, I'm not traveling in sweatpants and sneakers. I'm in a dress, high heels, my sash and my crown. And I'm lugging these heavy suitcases all by myself. Nobody helped me at the hotel, which bummer, but yeah, whatever. Chivalry is not it. dead, I promise. <laughs> um, the freaking carpeted casino pushing these heavy suitcases. But I'm in my heels and I'm super glammed and dressed up. I have like my little pearly gloves. Uh-huh. Um, there's actually a photo of that outfit that I posted when I first landed in Vegas. And in that moment, my head is down. I'm pushing and I see Allison Dillette walking towards me. And she says, hi, Maria. And I'm like super flustered. I'm like, oh, hey, Allison. I'm like, thank goodness I was dressed up. Yeah, I might be struggling, but at least I'm looking <laughs> super glam. And that's what she brought up at the awards. She was like that it caught her eye. She's always looking. And to be recognized for that moment and, you know, to get that best impression, it's not just about, you know, looking a certain way and how you present yourself, but it's just that pride and honor of like, you know, when I first earned that crown, man, I didn't want to take it off. Mm -hmm. So whenever I do work the shows or show up to these events, it's glued to my head and I'm dressed, you know, to a T no matter where I'm going. So to have been recognized, you know, individually for that in the midst of all of the awards, Honestly, I'll say this, and I said this to Allison as well, that award mean, uh, meant more to me than, you know, winning female model of the year. Cause I'm like, gosh, that's so humbling. Like that, that was recognized. So that was where that award came from. And gosh, I was still like, I was literally in shock sitting there like, what do you mean, Maria Burrow? And I get up and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it sounds like there were a lot of yeah. shock moments from the weekend, but you keep uh, talking about this crown. I believe it's on the table right there next to you. Show uh, show the YouTube viewers this crown real quick because this, this thing is phenomenal. So let's see it. This is gigantic. Let me actually tilt my camera. So this is my world title crown. That's- it is stunning. Allison Dillette is a... I don't know how she has like how she picks such beautiful crowns. It actually is quite big for my head, as you can see. You know, <laughs> we go we go big, we go big in the WBFF. Wow. But honestly, I wear that with such great honor, and you know, having another piece of hardware to yeah. add to my collection for my first crown. Yeah. You know, it, it's just as special as my first one, and I don't think I'll ever it'll ever truly sink in. And again, to some people, it's like, oh, it's just a crown, it's just a competition. To me, it means a little bit more than that because it's a journey that I took to get there that I value more than just having, you know, the hardware of having the crown, you yeah. know, and yeah. oh, I, I look at it with hard eyes. I'm like, I can't believe that is mine. You yeah. know, it's you know. so, so let me ask you, um, the men who when they win like the world championship, do they get a type of crown as well? Great question. So no, they get a trophy and they actually get a sash, like around the neck sash that says, you know, world champion or whatever pro championship that they're winning. And they actually, for all of our people that are listening that are curious about how the men's divisions work, they also have two rounds. They have their, you know, trunk round. Uh, they have, we have a physique, fitness, a male muscle model. There's several categories for the males as well. Um, and they have their uh, best dress round. So they come out in their suits and tuxes and shoes looking super fly. Like that right there, you won't see anywhere else. And you see all these like, you know, buff muscle models. And then for their rounds, they're super posh and dressed up. Like, look at these guys looking fly, you know? So that's how they get awarded. They get awarded during that round when they're wearing their full on tucks and suits. And mm-hmm. man, some of these fellas show out. I'm talking velvet suits, designer, unique custom made. Like 
it's awesome. I love to see it. The, the fact that the guys step into that fashion aspect too. Yeah. It's not just about the ladies at the WBFF, but it's, I love to see it. I love it so much. So this, this weekend is uh, the Texas pro show in Dallas, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm the, um, I'm very fortunate to be the platinum sponsor for, but I'm commentating the live stream. And so due to platinum sponsor and commentating live stream, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be tuxed up. I'm going to be tuxed out. And man, Let's go. I was, I, yesterday I was getting the measurements done. I was getting all, I was getting all fitted up and I was like, shit, man, I feel like a king. Like this feels nice. Like I need more reasons to get tuxed up. Literally. And think about it. You're all, you know, you see all these big macho guys and you're like, Seeing them dressed up in tuxes from head to toe. Oh, let me just. I'm saying, I was looking at myself. I was like, shit, what's up? (laughs) What's up? I'm just going to start waving it around. I know. Literally. So what I love about talking to you. So I I don't follow many WBFF um, people. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Somehow. I don't know. Somehow you and I became friends on social media. You might be the only. You might be the only one that I follow. If I'm being a hundred, no, no, no. Um, Stephanie Ayala. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So her and I've had a friendship because she was with, um, revive and we we were sponsored by revive at the same time. Um, so she seems like an awesome person. Um, what's beautiful about it is in the MPC and the IFBB, obviously, um, it's much more bodybuilding centric, right? Even in the bikini division. And there's only so much that you can do in terms of your posing, in terms of your overall look, um, because, you know, there's a rather strict criteria. Um, Obviously, like, I love that component of it. But what I'm seeing, like, you post in the stage shots that I see and from the WBFF, stepping into your femininity and really allowing that femininity to just like flow through you. It looks to be so empowering that I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I commonly see this. Um, Every show I go to, you know, there's men and women backstage just are disappointed in the outcome. Right. I feel like in your division, when you get to go out there, you get to show out, you get to fully express who and what you are. You show the world who Maria Barova is and you might get 10th place. You might win. I feel like you kind of leave like pretty satisfied with like, I just got to show off who I am. Like, do do you feel like that's pretty common in the WBFF? Like people, of course you want to win, but people are just proud of the work and the expression that they got to show. 100%. And, you know, there's always going to be, I get it when, you know, I'm very competitive in nature, God competitive to the bone to the (laughs) point where I did four back-to-back shows last season because of how competitive I was. Mm -hmm. And I kept placing second. I got moved to a different category, like far out. My coach was like, Maria, I'm going to kick your butt. Like this isn't, I'm like, Nope, we're doing it. Like I'm, I'm, I have to do it. But the, the name of the game is this. It's like, if you keep showing up for yourself in your prep, you did everything possible. And I don't mean 90%. No, I'm talking 100%. You've checked off the boxes with your nutrition, your training, showed up when life freaking hit the fan. You know, the, the uncontrollables become uncontrollable, but you continue to show up. That's my secret sauce to confidence. If you're checking off those boxes, no matter if you place last or first, you win. 
And you should never, ever, ever give your power to judges to tell you that you're a winner. Mm-hmm. And that is when, when I truly believed that and accepted that. No matter when I play second or when I place top five, you know, I didn't get the placing I wanted. Did I ever walk away disappointed? Like I said at the beginning, when I place first at this show in my last versus when I play second or top five, the same thing the next day was like, um, all right, coach. So what, what do we got to do to get better? Yep. Like that's the same thing. And that's the the name of the game as an athlete. You have to accept that because the only way you lose is by giving up. And I actually did a post on this today. And, you know, champions aren't made the day I get you get the crown. They're made the weeks and the months and the days leading up to that moment when you're tested by life, resistance, your doubts, your fears, when you keep showing up and keep showing up is my mantra and my motto for my coaching team as well. It's I say that every single day because it does matter. It really does. And, you know, of course, comes sadness and disappointment when you don't get the placing you want. You've worked months on end for it. But that doesn't mean that you've lost or your journey has to stop there. You go back, you reassess, and you continue putting in the work. You know, that's just the name of the game. Not everybody is going to win, you know, on their first try, whether it be the WBFF or freaking the Olympia. We have, you know, amazing Olympians who are showing up to these shows. You don't think, you know, Mr. Five-Time, Four-Time Olympia became five-time, four-time Olympia at their first show. It didn't happen that way. Yeah. Um. So I truly do hope that, you know, anybody that stumbles across those messages and didn't get the outcome that they wanted, take it with grace of like, dang, you got room to grow and room to improve. Mm-hmm. Because even if you got that first place title, you still have room to grow and room to improve. So it's one of those things that I'm grateful that my coach has helped me develop that mindset. And again, some of my role models carry that with such grace. And I'm like, I want to do that for anybody that looks up to me as well, too. Mm-hmm. Well, what's cool is the platform that you've built, Maria. There's a lot of people looking up to you now. And I think... um, and what I know of you, what I know about you, you're a phenomenal role model for those people. But hearing the championship mentality that you carry, like you're already like, how can I get better? Like I'm the world champion. How can I get better? How can I go back to back? I have no doubts that next year um, that you're going to go back to back because I see the trajectory. I see the work that you put in. But let me ask you, your competitive excellence, you're you're so hyper competitive. Where's this stem from? Um I know that I, 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 I know that you're a football fan because you posted about it on Instagram a few times. I know that you're in Chicago. Are you a Chicago Bears fan by chance? Uh heck yeah. Shy town born and raised. I mean so we I'm have this in common. You know that? What is it? I'm a Chicago you're Bears fan. fan? Well, oh, well, I'm a woo-hoo. Justin Fields fan. Okay, fair. I'm a fair Justin enough. Fields fan. <laughs> They're terrible, but I root for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they're not very good we, we we need to get a lot better okay like there's a lot of work that needs to be put in but did you play sports yeah. growing up I actually did so I've always been an athlete my whole life from dance to competitive cheer in high school volleyball growing up in elementary school but competitive cheer in high school and honestly that was where I really did save myself. So for those of you who don't know, I actually struggled with an eating disorder and for a, for a good amount of time. And this was around, you know, age 14, 13 to 15. And that's, that's usually like, that's my why, why I became a coach too. And it's, I really wanted to help girls around that age. And, you know, at, at any age kind of overcome that because we live in a world where now more than ever, that's so common because of social media, but 
as a competitive cheerleader, you know, the stigma is always be as small as you can. Well, in my eyes, I had to be as strong as I can because I was a back spot. I was lifting whole bodies over my head. God, if you asked me to do that now, I'd be like, definitely not. But back in the day, you're like, YOLO, throwing a body over my head and catching it. it. No big deal. So I was really driven to get as strong as I can. And I actually um, was introduced to a a training group, which uh, that was called Backyard Affliction at the time. It was a veteran run training group. We were doing tire flips, all of the like heavy CrossFit. And the owner of that actually introduced me to powerlifting as well. Well, it's not really popular for, you know, your cheer captain, cheerleader in high in the biggest high school in Chicago to be powerlifting and talking about, you know, you know, meal plans and bringing her meals to school. I was bullied. I was bullied for that. I'm like, wow. I'm just trying to get freaking strong. And people would like subtweet me back when Twitter was a thing. And people would be like, you think you know what you're talking about or commenting shit on my post back in the day? I'm like, that's okay. Delete. I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. I don't care. You know, I I wanted to be that athlete. So honestly, you know, overcoming that, stepping into, you know, trying to be as strong as I can be instead of as small as I can be, and then truly understanding and, you know, educating myself uh, as I became a PT about nutrition and things like that. I was like, okay, there is a way out and it's not as hard as, you know, social media makes it seem, but it, it really just takes that thorough knowledge and understanding. So you know, being able to make that transition and get out of such a dark place, I was driven to be like, I want to do that for my clients. I want to either protect them from going into that or save them from that by education. And education, we're all forever students. No matter how long you've been a coach, no matter how long I've been a coach, I know industry leaders who have been coaches 30, 40 years and they're still learning, right? So that's my name of the game when it comes to what I do on social. But as a coach as well, it's education. Education is power. And, you know, there's always going to be so much to learn and grow. And just being able to uh, embody that and practice it was something that, you know, it, it stemmed from when I was a really at a really young age. And it came from just truly, I wanted to get out of that hole. I was so tired of like, I was, you know, the eating healthy, binging, restricting, overtraining, thinking that that would get me results spinning wheels, mentally struggling. My gosh, actually, I'm going to pull up later on some pictures of my first prep. I went into a prep thinking that was going to help me with my eating disorder. Um, Red flag, people, don't do that. Do Do not do that. (laughs) No, don't do that. Um, But yeah, it took a lot of time and effort to heal that. And that's a story, you know, in itself. But, you know, being an athlete my whole life, that competitive nature is like, I'm the type of person when I decide something, Guns blade, like there's nothing stopping me. It's about that with everything. Like, I I find something I don't know how to do, and I'm like, I'm gonna learn how to do it. Shit, I don't know how to. (laughs) I don't know how to knit. I'm about to get everything I need to know, and I'm gonna knit a blanket. Like that's type of (laughs) mentality that I. I would love to see this. I would love to see Maria knitting a blanket. That would be phenomenal. The only person I've ever seen knit is my grandma. So like, (laughs) she man, she was incredible with it. Seeing you do that would be amazing. (laughs) That'd be so funny. Let me ask. Um. You are in high school, uh-huh. you're cheer captain, you're bringing your food to school. People are, you know, picking on you, bullying you, man, high, man, high school is hard. Oh my goodness. Hi, how old are you? I actually just turned 24, okay. Uh, July 19th. Okay. So I'm 30. So I think that there's a bit of a gap in our high school experience because my high school experience didn't have much social media. Um, Let's see. I think Instagram really came around. 2014. Like, yeah, yeah. So like I, I was out of high school by the time Instagram was happening. We just kind of had Facebook, right? Um, 
the societal pressures that social media puts on high schoolers is already so intense. You were doing something breaking the mold of what your classmates were doing. Um, You were aware that they didn't really approve of the things you were doing. That time is already so tumultuous. The the hormonal changes, the like boy trauma, the friend drama. What were you experiencing going through high school in this manner, having a different level of dedication and discipline, not seeing eye to eye with your peers? What was that experience like? That had to be troubling. Oh, it was. And honestly, I was raised by my mom, a single mom. I love her so much. She did everything she could to, you know, raised me the way that I am. And I hope that I continue to make her proud. But, you know, she always kept my head in, in line when it came to like, you know, in high school, I wasn't your typical high school student, didn't go out to party, didn't do those crazy things, don't have much of crazy stories in college either. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really came down to like, you know, I never really wanted to fit in to anything. And I'm very happy that younger me was like, just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Like, of course, it hurt. Like I'm, I'm over here. Like I'm not doing anything to anybody. I'm just like, I brought a scale once, or I'm like tweeting about like how excited I am for my refit. Like I'm doing the whole fitnessy thing, you know, on Instagram. Just started my page, showcasing my journey because I looked up to so many people that did that, and I was like, I don't know. Let me try. Why not? Why can't I do that? Um, and I just knew that you know it said more about them than it did for me. But younger me was still hurt by it. I have journal entries talking about it where it's like. I didn't understand. I didn't understand why it really bothered people so much. And, you know, it's a funny story. I actually know a few of the people that did that because it's quite evident, you know, you pinpoint who does that, Oh yeah. who a few years later applied for one-on-one coaching with me. And I'm like, how full (laughs) circle (laughs) moment, baby. Yeah. Um, That feels good. That feels good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like you were able to stick with it and they finally came around to it. But what's fascinating about it, like, do you realize that you're what impacted them? You're who influenced them. It's crazy, which is crazy because, you know, back then it was like as if it was a bother to them that someone like it did nothing. You know, I didn't hurt anybody by doing it, you know, and sure, it was a little weird. And, you know, it might not have been like the norm um, because I didn't eat like, you know, shit or I didn't go out drinking because it's just not something I was allowed to do, but not that I wanted to do either. Um, So it was just that type of thing where, you know, you know, I don't feel like I ever missed out with anything. It's just, I've never had that. I was always driven by the goals of, you know, when you fall into, fall in love with the art of fitness, nutrition, and training, bodybuilding strength. Like I'm so grateful and blessed that I got introduced to that at such a young age because it became an obsession and you're like, Oh, it's going to die out in a few years. No, it has not. I'm almost at the 10 year mark of doing this thing. And I'm like, shit, like I'm still just as passionate, if not more passionate about it. Um, so it's like one of those things where, you know, I coach a lot of young girls, I coach high school girls going into college and I see it, I see what the, I encountered and, you know, really try to hone in these things of like, you know, basic nutrition, basic training mindset so that they can fight that. Cause it's still, the stigmas are still there for how you should look, you know, what you should be doing. The eating disorder is still very prevalent. If they weren't, we wouldn't have these health issues that we have in our country today. Um, so it is my why. And I, and you know, I to this day, I'm like, I wish I could go back in time and tell, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old Maria, good shit, honey. Like, thank you for sticking it through. No matter who said what, it doesn't matter if there was only three people commenting back then. Like, if here's the thing, Justin, 
if I can impact a single person, if one person, just one, can go across one of my posts and be like, I learned something, I found value, you inspired me to show up for myself, just one, that's it. That means that what I'm doing is, you know, I'm reaching my why, just one. And I kept that throughout my entire, you know, career of doing what I'm doing. And, you know, obviously, you know, I'm privileged to have reached and continue reaching more people, but just one, that's my goal with everything I post. I want person to be impacted by it, whether it's, you know, motivation, an idea, you know, anything, education, then I've, I've won. And that's all I would ever want to do is impact, impact as many people as I can, because I looked for that when I was younger. And I want to be that for anybody that needs that. I have this line says impact over everything. Yes. And my, my, my two lines, my, the impact over everything and, and lead with love. Um, yes. those, those are kind of, those are my two taglines, if you will, that I'm constantly saying, I'm constantly validating, assuring myself of, um, you follow those principles very closely and the, the intent and the morality behind your messaging is, is obviously very aligned. It's very strong. Um, I don't know many people who have gotten to the mindset that you're currently in without going through a lot of struggle. Um, I laid this out in the show notes that I know I sent over to you before we chatted. Um, I went through your page and I was, if people knew how much work went into one of these podcasts, I, I, I read, I mean, you have so many posts on there. I read, I read 40% of your posts, top to bottom Bless the page. You. And I was like, I can't find what her struggle was. Now, the eating disorder, single mom. Um, now, I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty sure the last name Barova is Bulgarian. Am I right? It is. All right. It so, is. single mother. Um, when when did your family come over? Are you yeah, first so generation? Like, Are you guys new? I am. I am first generation Bulgarian, born yeah. and raised in Chicago, and. So my entire family is overseas currently. Now I'm the lone wolf. I'm a lone wolf over here. So you know what it is, Justin? I, I actually had this conversation with clients this past weekend because you know, fighting what I was fighting emotionally this weekend too. Social media, you never know the battles that people are fighting. And you know, sometimes some battles are spoken, some of them are unspoken. And I will say this. I have come to a point of my life where I am grateful for my darkest times because guess what? If we're here right now, we have a hundred percent success rate surviving shit ass days. Pardon my swearing, but that's the <laughs> shit <story>. ass days. <laughs> Didn't say well, I like PG thirteen swearing. Sorry, <laughs> no, but truly, like you know, in those dark moments, my gosh, there I've. From, you know, growing up in poverty to, you know, seeing the struggles, being raised by a single mom, experiencing losses. God, everybody fights their damn battles and mental battles. And God, it's just a journey. And I just, a part of me has come, it's very happy to have come to the terms that, you know, I'm grateful for that too, because it's shaped who I am today. But also, I don't ever think I'm going to be thrown with something I can't overcome as hard as it's been, there have been moments, there have been fucking moments that I'm like, oh my God, what else? Like I'm sitting here like what possibly could go wrong? Like more could go wrong, but I, I'm, I, I'm a fool. Like I believe, and you know, I really do value my faith in God. And like, 
I'm, I'm for sure certain there's never going to be something thrown my way that I won't have the ability to overcome. There'll be, a, there's when there's a will, there's a way. And I've seen that through my mom and how she raised me and God, this woman went through freaking hell and back and one of the strongest women I know. So for her to have raised me, I carry a lot of that. Like I want to walk in those shoes and make her proud because that woman went through hell for me. Um, so I do carry a lot of that with me everywhere I go. Um, it's like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm grateful to be alive today, period. Throw whatever you want at me. I'm taking it full full swing. I'm throwing punches back, world. Don't be, don't be trying to fight with me. Right? So no, it take really it. is. Don't, like do not fuck with you. <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah, it's there's a lot of unspoken battles. You know, I try to be transparent about things like, you know, struggling with my eating disorder because I know that that's something that can really help other people who are struggling. But yeah, there's a lot of things and you, myself, anybody listening, there are probably things that you don't tell anybody that you're dealing with, you know, those dark, 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 dark moments. And, you know, I'm proud of you for showing up and listening and being alive and being here today. Shit, you won another day. That's all that matters. You know, you keep showing up. That's why that's my mantra. Your mentality is so dope. Um, <sighs> your mom, I can tell she means a lot to you. Um, you, you guys are very tight. Um, what's something that, you you took from her obviously throughout this podcast i think the theme word i keep coming back to is just resilience um there's so like resilience positivity these are two trademarks of you of maria barova what have you taken from your mom when you guys were coming up in chicago you were poor um first generation hungarian here bulgarian here i'm hungarian i'm hungarian (laughs) yeah Um, um First generation, what did you take from your mom at a young age that what did you admire in her that you were like, you know what, like I'm going to make this woman proud. Like I know that I'm going to make something out of my life to make this woman proud. Dude, you're going to make me emotional because I'm going to send her this podcast and she's going to start crying. Mom, I love you so much. Shout out to mom. Um, Honestly, shout out to mom. Um, (laughs) Honestly, it's this. It's the fact that no matter how hard life got, I she always tried to make it the best it could be for me. Uh, like through all things. And I think that it's just seeing such a strong woman. And, you know, I'm sure to this day, she wishes she could have done more. My gosh, the woman did as much as you can, like to all the single parents out there, like, oh, props, 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 props. Cause half of the stuff that this woman went through, I'm like, I wouldn't be able to imagine going through all of that and still standing strong. So I think a big part of that is just seeing her resiliency of like, you find the way. Nobody's going to hand you the way. You're going to find it. You know, when you fall face down into the ground and you keep getting stomped on, you will find the way because, you know, it's that strong faith. And like, like I said, you won't be faced with something you can't overcome. And, you know, that really did shape my character as a woman. And I hold a lot of pride and respect for my mom and wanting to show her and to the like prove to her, it's like, you did a damn good fucking job, mom. Like I'm over here, like truly trying to walk into those footsteps. And like I said, I wouldn't trade how I was raised in any other way because it did shape my character and gave me a reason to step into that, you know, strong feminine resiliency, that mindset of like, I will find the way, you know, and I put full trust in myself and God and everything else in between that I will find the way when there's a will, there's a way. And I take that to heart because, you know, again, the only way you give up uh, lose is by giving up and there's no such thing. When you, you know, when you're, you're raising a kid by yourself, you don't have an option, whether you feel like it or not, you know? So it's like, I'm at a point where I am very privileged with, you know, doing what I love 
you know, and even I have this conversation with my friends, the fact that I could go to the grocery store, Justin, and swipe my card without being like, oh, this is two bucks instead of a dollar. I say thank you every day. The fact that I can pay money to compete, I say thank you every day. Like those are things that I will never take for granted ever, ever, ever. So like it's those little things that I do carry with me on my day to day, no matter how successful I I will become or I am. It's that just utmost gratitude for, you know, what I have and, you know, being able to just make her proud through those achievements as well, too. But man, I, like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world and, you know, only hope to continue to make her proud, my family proud. And, you know, being a, you know, first generation from Bulgaria, you know, representing the motherland when I'm competing and doing these things. It's a big honor. It's a really big honor to me. So I'm just happy that, you know, I'm able to step into those shoes and just continue treading in that direction and have that strength that she's ingrained in me all of these years and be able to practice that in my day-to-day. Well, there's no doubts that based on what I'm hearing, based on what I'm seeing, the trajectory of your career, you're going to continue making her proud. You're going to continue making your country proud. You bring up the... um, you're able to swipe your card and you don't have to worry. I just, I have a YouTube, um, it hasn't dropped yet. I think it's dropping. Oh, it might've dropped today. I haven't checked. Um, there was a YouTube recently where I was at HEB. That's like our big grocery store down here. And in the YouTube, um, I told Christian, he's my videographer. Um, I was checking out and I was like, you know, you grew up poor when no matter how much money, you have in your account. You go to swipe that thing and you get a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> Decline. Yeah. Like, I, my God, yeah. like my early adult years, like 20, 21, 22, I was like, dude, I'm not sure if this is going to go through. I really have no idea if it's going to work. Mm-hmm. But like, hey, that's the, it's the humble beginnings. It makes yes. the journey to, you know, wherever you're going, whatever your definition of success is, I think every definition of a truly successful person, somewhere in there, there has to be some sort of financial measurement. You don't have to be rich, but no. you just need to be good. Like you just need to be yes. okay. It's a testament to man, like you grew up in poverty. I, you know, I grew up in a you know, real tough situation. Um it's a testament to willpower. It's a testament to how far you're willing to go to change your circumstances. Because, I mean, what I'm hearing, Maria, is you you could have used excuses. You could not. You could very easily not be where you are. You know, you people didn't accept what you were doing in high school. Uh, I mean, it was just you and your mom. You know, she was single mother, and y'all trying to figure it out. Y'all didn't have any money. You very easily could have continued that cycle. And you know what? It would have taken way less work than what you've put into your life. Would have been way oh, easier. No. But a beautiful realization that I started having in my mid-20s, I I guess around where you're at now, and and I'm sure you can echo this, dude, being a a parent, like, I'm not a parent. Um, You're not a parent. I'm a dog mom. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I got Peyton. He's just sitting home waiting on me right now. Like, dude, the responsibility, what they go through is, wow. I mean, I think about my parents and- the circumstances they had. And it's like, yeah, like were there places they could have been better? Absolutely. But with the tools and resources that we had growing up, they, they absolutely killed it. Like, yes. And it sounds like your mom did the same. It is so challenging. And I want to highlight that here on the podcast since, you know, I guess parenthood doesn't get brought up much here, man, the parents were listening to this. So you're stressed, you're overworked. It's just not feeling good. It's not going good. Hey, from myself 
and from Maria as well. We appreciate you. We see you guys like shout out, like keep pushing it. Uh, um, yeah. I, 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 I want to talk about the Genesis. I like calling it the Genesis, the origin of your Instagram fitness account. <laughs> so I told you before we started, I scrolled all the way back. Like mm-hmm. the, the dedication is unbelievable. <laughs> I scrolled all the way back. September 13th, 2018. Yes. Do you remember about to make that first post? Do you remember making the page, your first post, all that? Yeah. So I had a, I have a, I had a private page in elementary school where I just posted like school pictures, but that was the start of my fitness page. 2018 is when I started this page. And I remember that feeling. I was like, oh, they're about to double down. Cause it, my name at the time was Maria B fit. That was my username back in the day. Maria B fit. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, posting, you know, like the start of my journey. And I was like, I don't care what anybody has to say. Same thing was like, if one person could get impacted, that's a win. Yeah. But it was truly more for like, I want to see the growth in myself. Yeah. And I haven't done that in a while to scroll all the way back. But my gosh, there's been probably so many things I could have you know, done differently. <laughs> I'm grateful for the mistakes I made for sure, because we all make them, right? Yeah. It's good to look back on that. But I remember just being super bald. I'm like, I'm just going to start. It wasn't perfect. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It was just pictures back in the day. We didn't really, we swiped videos. We didn't have reels, none of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to showcase my journey, whether it's posting workouts, photos, whatever it may be. I'm just like, I'm just going to do this thing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'll do it. I was definitely self-conscious. Like no one's going to want to care to listen to me. Who am I? Like, I'm just Maria. Like nobody poops shit. Um, But I am happy that I stuck through with it because it was imposter syndrome for so long. And I feel like as athletes and as, you know, business owners, we'll face that for a long, long time. It's like, am I really even qualified enough to even be posting this? Like, <laughs> I, know. I know. What is going on? I still like, have that too. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's, I'm like doing tutorials on how to squat and lunge. And I'm like, I'm fucking going to break my legs, but I'm over here doing it. You yeah. know, everybody starts somewhere, but yeah, honestly, it's just that type of, just do it. That was my mindset. I was like, I'm just going to do this. We'll see where this ship sails and where it goes. The start to your caption was, Oh God. I was hesitant to start this page. <laughs> so you want to talk about imposter syndrome. You might as well have just said, Hey guys, I have imposter syndrome. <laughs> so I have no idea what I'm doing. It was a selfie. It was a selfie of you. Like after a training session, um, you were flexing. I'm not sure what you were flexing, but you were flexing. <laughs> There wasn't a lot that was flexing, but we were trying. Oh my gosh. But now you've turned into the WBFF World Wellness Champion. That's so cool. So my question for you. September 13th, 2018, Maria gets to meet August 16th, 2023, World Champion. Yeah. What does 2018 Maria think about this uh, new and improved version? She's going to run into her arms and give her a big fucking hug and said, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Honestly, you that's the thing. People don't see how long, how long it takes to get to these moments. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it doesn't, you don't just become a pro competitor, a pro a coach. You don't become success. Like it doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, imposter syndrome, Maria still faces imposter syndrome some, you know, on the day to day, but uh, that younger me who faced, you know, the bullying, the eating disorder, the hardships would honestly just like run into my arms right now and give give myself a hug and be like, I'm so proud that you kept going. Yeah. And if I could talk to her right now, like 
I'm so proud that you kept going, you know, and it's like those types of things where, you know, you keep showing up for yourself. Success is inevitable. It really, I'm a firm believer in that. If you have the freaking willpower to keep showing up and putting in the damn work, no matter how many times you fall on your face, that that success and however you measure your success, it's, it's truly inevitable in my eyes, because if you, if you're not giving up, it could take you five years, 10 years, 20 years, but you'll get there. There's, there's no reason not to get there. Right. So, and that's so awesome that you went all the way back there and that all was the, the cap- way back. <laughs> uh, and, and then you started posting training videos like a little bit after that, it was probably like 2019, um, yeah. given the proximity from the start. And well, you know, what's funny, your training, like, wasn't terrible. I, when I saw the first video, I was like, this, this is going to be good. And I clicked on, I was like, oh man, like I, it's not bad. Um, I, I know how you train now. Obviously I I watch your stuff. I see what you put out. You put some incredibly helpful content out there. So it definitely wouldn't be up to par, um, as to what you're experiencing right now, but you had another post that I absolutely loved. And I want to talk about the mindset evolution. Um, actually before we get into the post, I'm curious, is there anywhere in your life you can look back and be like, you know what, like I I had a victim mentality or a loser mentality in this time period. And what was the circumstance that was causing that? Yes. It was the time when I was just on the brink of overcoming my eating disorder. And, and that usually is the case of how people cope with that. It's finding external validation for the problems that they're facing. The moment I took whole responsibility of being stuck and really doing the inner work to figuring out why I had that disordered eating pattern. And I could touch on that briefly, you know, after a good amount of time doing that self-reflection, it was my upbringing. And, and I mean this in a way like this, when growing up, I wasn't as fortunate. We didn't have the luxury of going grocery shopping endlessly week to week. And so whenever we did get the, you know, bigger check, we would do a bigger grocery haul and, you know, I'd get the Oreos, not the store brand Oreos or something like that. Again, truly grateful for everything. I will never knock a hot dog, mac and cheese. That's hey, it with the bum. Hey, okay? like that, now we're talking. Okay. Um, but it's what, it was like the scarcity of like, I don't know the next time I'm going to have this. So I would all at once. And it was the opposite for my mom. My mom wouldn't eat anything so that I can have it. So Growing up, and when I got into that place where I'm like, Maria, if you want it, you can afford to go buy it. It's not going to go anywhere. Like, if you have a whole box of whatever it may be, I'll use Oreos as an example. You don't have to eat the whole thing because you can always go back and get some. Like, they're not going to go anywhere. And so, when I started doing that inner work and really figured out why that happened, then I took whole responsibility of stepping into recovering from that. And, And that was that mindset shift, too, where it's like, you're responsible for your life. To a certain extent, there's some things we can control, some things we cannot control. But for the majority, you are in control of where you stand in your life, right? You may not control what happens to you, but you control what you do with that. And so I truly did step into that accepting, you know, radical responsibility for where I was as an athlete, as, you know, a business owner, um, as a daughter, um, as a student, I, it's my whole responsibility for my happiness, my success and my trajectory of progression. And when, when I did that, I gained power. The minute you put an excuse, you give out that power. And unfortunately you'll stay stuck. 
The minute you take radical responsibility, the power is now in your hands and you actually have more control to get out of those holes, whether it's a financial hole, something like an eating disorder. And again, very more complex than just that. I'm just talking about my experience, full disclaimer there. It's not an epiphany moment for everybody, you know, going through something like that. But just truly accepting responsibility is what gives you the power to overcome whatever it is that it may be in hand. So I did have a victim mentality. I did. I was like, my metabolism's broken. I probably have PCOS, adrenal fatigue. I got named this. Da, 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 da. No, 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 Maria. It wasn't any of that. It was you needed to do that inner work and heal through that before you can overcome it. And that was when my mindset switched. And honestly, competing saved me from that. And why it's not work, it doesn't work for everybody. But I will say this it's that. The fact that I fully control all the variables, my effort, what I put in my mouth, how I train, how I think, gave me that power of practicing that time and time again. It's not my coach's fault that I'm not, the scale isn't dropping if I'm freaking binge eating and then overtraining. It's not his fault. It's mine, right? It's not his fault that I'm half-assing my cardio and training sessions. It's mine. Uh, my placing is not his fault. It's mine. Cause I didn't check off those boxes, right? If I checked off those boxes and I placed however I placed, then that's all good out of my control. So it's like those types of things that really did make the action switch of like practicing going from victim mentality to full radical responsibility of I'm in full control. When you underwent that shift to yeah. the radical responsibility, the ownership, did it make you feel, did you get moments of anxiety when you were realizing like, it's my fault and like, res like resistance when you're trying to take the ownership? Did you struggle with that? Yeah. And it was more of like, a, I'm so mad at myself. Why? Why is this so damn hard? Why can't I just have a freaking cookie and not have to eat the whole thing? Yeah. Why am I like feeling so ill about my body? Why am I putting my body through this shit? You know, it's like, I was so frustrated with myself, but it was that frustration that I turned into motivation to find the way to overcome it. And it didn't happen easily. I will say that it doesn't happen overnight. Like, Oh, Ta-da, I learned energy balance and now I know how to know. But you gotta, it's what you did during when you were faced with resistance again. It was those practices of like, I'm gonna buy the normal size package and I'm gonna have one or two and put it away. Yeah. Right. Or if I have moments of binge eating or overeating, two very different things. But when I do that, can I sit and reflect, how is this gonna make me feel? Can I stop myself in those moments? Can I tone into being like, am I doing this because I'm hungry? Am I responding to something else? Is this going to fix my problem, make it feel worse? These are all these types of practices where if I didn't face that resistance and being tested, I wouldn't have actually ever overcome it. And that's the thing with any habits. Like it's not when, you know, sunshine and rainbows, it's easy for you to check off your boxes. It's actually when, you know, life and shit hits the fan and you're faced with resistance, it's your default. What do you go to your default? Like, how are you showing up for yourself in those moments? That's how you know you've truly grown and overcome because those habits are what carry you further than just doing things when they're easy and convenient. So definitely there was that switch, you know, from the hard switch mentally of being like pissed at myself, like, how could I let myself do that? Um, but it, that was my source of motivation of like, there's growth that needs to be made. And I see people who have done that. And, you know, one athlete that I look up to and we, you know, we touched on like who I looked up to as role models, my gosh, my lovely friend, colleague, mentor, I love her so much, Miss Hattie Boydell. Mm -hmm. Hattie Boydell, you know, recovered from an eating disorder herself, anorexia, and is, you know, a world champion fitness model, one of the strongest women, one of the most beautiful women inside and out. 
And her mindset mentality and overcoming that is really what inspired me to do the same. And I wanted to do the very same too for anybody else that needed it. Cause I kind of had the opposite where, you know, I spent a lot of time overeating and binge eating and I was never extremely overweight. Um, but that it's not, it doesn't have a look eating disorders don't have a look. So, um, yeah, it was definitely the, it's a lot of mindset work. And I think that that's what people don't realize. It's a lot of time and work with your mindset before it's, you start the actions follow afterwards. I have a funny story for you um, regarding Hattie Boydel. I met her, I love her at, actually, I met her at this coffee shop earlier or late, late last year in Austin. I was uh, just working. I was building out some mentorship stuff and this extremely fit woman walks in and I was like, you know, like body, we, we stand out. <laughs> we just stand out a little bit. And in oh, yeah. Austin, there's like a ton of fit people. Everyone huh. here's in shape. Um, you know, it's obviously like not all bodybuilding, of course. There's um Barry's is incredibly popular here. There's a sick yoga studio on every freaking corner in Austin. Um, you know, lifetime fitness, like people just stay in shape, right? Well, this woman walks in and she, you know, she looks like she just walked out of a magazine photo shoot. And I was like, Hey, are you competing soon? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. Like, how do I, how do you approach a woman at a coffee shop? I'm not trying to hit on you. I'm just genuinely curious. Like we are clearly in the same realm, right? Yeah. It's like so, we're in the same world. Yeah. Like I, how do I do this in a nonchalant manner? So I was like, are you competing soon? She's like, I just competed. What, you know, the past weekend, blah, blah, blah. We start getting chatting, um, talking like she's super cool. And, um, she needed her and her husband like needed a chiropractor. So her husband like really needed a chiropractor. So I hooked him up with my chiropractor here in Austin, um, sent the contact, everything. And then, um, I was like, what's you know, like, like, what's your name? Like we've been talking for 15 minutes. I didn't get her name yet. And she's like, uh, Hati, Hati Boydel. And I was like, no, should I've heard of you before? <laughs> like I, I, I'd seen her on Instagram before, whatever. Obviously she has like a huge following. Um, so she's a super sweet woman, like super kind. Um, of course you two are <laughs> intertwined. It makes a lot of sense with the WBFF. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I met her super randomly at Merritt coffee shop in, uh, in Austin one day. Um, but you were talking about, Going back to your default, like when in, in, in times of dress, when you resort to your default. So, my current obsession has been just learning about the brain. Like, yeah. uh, this whole year, it's been just learning about the brain. I think Dr. Huberman really got me on it. Um, I'm like burnt out on like physiology and pharmacology. Like, there's always more to learn, but I feel like I've gone so nuts in those for so long. I, I, I needed a break. So, I start just going in on the brain. And I had Casey Orvitas on this podcast, PhD Casey Orvitas, and we were talking about growth mindset, yada, yada. And she said on this podcast, she said, when you are in times of stress, your cognizant thought practice reverts back to whatever you've practiced to that point. So you can be in eating disorder recovery. And you can have all of the intentions being appropriate. Again, this is not my medical advice. I'm stating what I learned from PhD Casey Orvitas. You can learn more from her and go to that podcast if you'd like to. But you can be in disorder recovery. You can have all the right intentions. It can be perfect for you, yada, yada. If you get into a place of extremely high duress and you are very stressed out, 
your neurological processes are going to go back. They're going to revert to where you have practiced for so long. And I think people need to be able to give themselves grace because this, this podcast, the Grow It I podcast, it's about continually growing and expanding your mindset, expanding your professional life, your physical capabilities, spiritual, yada, yada, all the way through. But you yeah. can't just practice for a week fixing something you've done for years and expect yes. it to, to, to continue operating in times of stress. So Maria, people get so down on themselves, so mad at themselves. And, and you're discussing, you had bouts of that too. They get so frustrated with themselves because ugh, like, why can't I change? It takes, yeah. you're going to screw up along the way. You're yeah. going to have a binge and a purge episode. You're going to go to that place where you're just not happy and you feel like all of the work was lost and like, what's the way forward now? And listen, at the end of the day, all we can do is continue showing up and we can continue evolving in the best manner, which brings me to your mindset evolution. You have a post when you fall in love with the work that it takes to be a champion, more than just the idea of being one, you fall in love with taking on the resistance and the pressure that comes with the journey and you take it on fearlessly. Yeah. I suppose you made, and I think that is absolutely phenomenal. I could not possibly agree more. When you are going through a prep, when you're going through the difficult situations just in life, in the prep, you're hungry, you're tired, you're fatigued, you lose, you get all these second places. Yeah. What mental games are you playing with yourself? What mindset work are you doing to stay on the straight and narrow in those moments? Yeah. And I I really do truly practice that mindset from the moment I was an amateur. And, you know, again, it, if people think bodybuilding is just a hobby, I actually carry this mindset through everything that I do. And this is why I love the sport of bodybuilding so damn much because we carry so much power and control and of like of that growth physically and mentally. And so what I mean by that champion mentality and mindset and a lot of my competitive posts about competing go back to that. It's, you know, the journey to becoming a champion is not going to be a straight shot line. And, you know, most successful champions, your, you know, reigning champions, they hit those roadblocks and, you know, they hit those failures, you know, they didn't get it on the first shot. But it really comes down to, and this is with any goal, you have to step into the shoes of that person that you want to become far before you ever become that person. So whether that be a champion, whether that be Maria Barova who overcame her eating disorder, whether that be, you know, Maria who, you know, is a coach for women, you know, Maria who is a master educator for clean health. I needed to become that person before I became that person. What do I mean by that? I wore the hat and the shoes and I started acting like that person, thinking like that person, and making sure that when I faced those moments that really tested that person, you know, like how would a champion take on a moment of defeat? They're not going to go out and pout about it, moan and cry and badmouth people. They're going to go back, sit with their feelings, speak with their coach and go straight to work to improve. Cause that means that there's a work left on the table. Right. Or how does a chance like, Thinking of like, how do, how would I show up for myself in those moments that are so dark, so challenging? It's those moments where true champions are actually built, in my opinion. Like I said earlier, you, you, when you're tested 
with your habits that you're trying to, like whatever it is you're trying to become, no matter the goal, those are the actual moments you actually grow into that person. Not when everything is sunshine and rainbows. And, you know, especially this prep from December until now, it was like punch after punch after punch with my life. But the one thing that stayed steady and consistent was how I showed up for my prep. And in those, no matter, like I'm talking like bawling my eyes out, like, holy shit, life is very heavy right now. Wipe those tears, buckle the laces. Let me go down and do my cardio. I could cry there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll deal with those emotions there. Or, you know, like, <laughs> I love that. I, want, I wanted to resort to eating for comfort. But was that, what would have that, what would have that done for me when I stepped the stage this weekend? God forbid I didn't win. I'd be like, fuck my life. Why did I do that that weekend? Why? It didn't help me feel any better. Right. And there's a lot of like, therapy and self-work that goes on with overcoming a lot of these things, but it really comes down back to radical responsibility. I am wholly responsible for the outcomes that I face. And if I know that I've checked off all of the boxes and I've done absolutely everything in my willpower, and it doesn't mean that I was 100% every single day, mind you. There would there were moments where, you know, injuries, I couldn't do this. Like, I truly, there was no waking up at, like, I would wake up days at like 3 a.m. because my days were super busy. When there's a will, there's a way. We make the time, we find the way. But there were days and moments where I truly had to pull back. But that didn't mean I didn't give 100%. So giving 100% and doing things, you know, like checking off all the, very different. And as long as I knew that I gave everything in my power, especially on those dark moments, I knew that I would win. Whether it be like truly win with a title or just when knowing that I stepped that stage, knowing I did everything that I possibly could. And, you know, it's like that, that mindset is what carried me through, you know, all my, you know, when you're that close, mm-hmm. you're that close, you're like, Oh, well, what is it? Like, I'm like driven as an athlete, like, give me a sign. I need to know what I need to improve on. Cause I, if I'm that close, I'm going to go grab it. Yep. It was those moments where it wasn't defeat that I felt it was hunger and drive. Like, hell yeah, I'm improving every single time, but I'm not there yet. Why? What is it that I need to do? And that was my homework. And I, I'm, and that was one of the things, you know, Paul Dillette recognized uh, to me when we spoke after the show was that true embodiment of being a champion is that. It's like he never one time. And gosh, last season, they're like, uh, Anne Maria Barova. I'm like, they're probably like, and back again on the stage she goes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's here again. <laughs> so, and surprise, everybody, I am four weeks out from the show. Yeah. Literally me last season. But it was really just that. It was like, I know it's not ideal as an athlete to do back-to-back preps. Mentally, I was in the game of like, coach always checked in on me. He was like, are you sure you got this mentally? And I'm like, listen, coach, I would tell you straightforward. If I didn't do this, it would weigh heavier on me than if I did truly. And obviously health over everything, like that will always be a priority. But mentally I was like, yeah, I'm I'm in this. Like, there's no pulling me out of this. Like I'm so wired into being like, I want to be better. This is helping me survive through my hardships. And not everybody feels prepped that way. So I will preface that prep is not like a golden ticket to overcoming your life's problems. But I am very grateful for that healthy mindset I had with my competition preps to really use that to help me grow through what I went through. Um, so yeah, honestly, it's like that 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 champion mentality. And again, looking up to some of you know big champions, you know, from Hattie Boydell, Stephanie Ayala in the WBFF to you know big champs in the Olympia like Seabum and you know old school bodybuilders like success leaves clues, and these people 
they left clues and there's no reason not to practice that. Even if you feel like an imposter, hell yeah, I didn't feel like a, you know, like before I won my first crown, I was, who am I to talk about being a champion, right? I don't freaking want to show and, you know, I haven't placed first at all, but it's that it's like stepping into that, those shoes of a champion that that's going to come inevitably. You're, you're, you're walking in those footsteps. How can it not happen? Uh, So that's where that stems from. And I repeat that to myself, even now, it's like the journey of becoming a reigning champion is going to be the same work it took to get this title too. So um, I hold that, you know, quotes really near and dear to my heart. And I remind myself of that every single day. And especially now that, you know, I got that title. It's like, I have to really own up to it now. The talk about pressure is a privilege. You're feeling it now. (laughs) My God. Yes, definitely. Maria, let me ask you, you're now the world champion. Now the hunt for two is coming over this next year until you get to defend your crown, literally your crown. (laughs) (laughs) What's going to, what are you going to do different? What the next 12, what's going to be different than the last 12? Definitely. So with a title of a, you know, world champion, I definitely am holding myself to an even higher standard on and off season, on and off the stage from the way I speak to what I post to what I do, because I know that there are a lot more eyes on me and I want to be a role model far beyond just body goals because yes, it's great to have that, but there's more to it than just your physique. And, you know, yes, having an amazing physique is very admirable because you can't go to the store and buy it. Right. I get that. I, I love that about bodybuilding, especially male bodybuilders. Like, gosh, this is, I, I admire it more than just like, wow, look at that physique. Cause I know the work it takes to get there. Um, but it's truly about, you know, I got my feedback from my coach, you know, right away of like knowing, okay, we've set the standard. How do we set the standard even higher? Like there's always room for improvement. So what can I do to level up when, you know, when it comes to my physique, you know, you hit that top spot, you're like, ah, stay the same. Mm-mm, that's not how it goes. Right. Cause I'm going to step the stage against some better contenders next year. We're going to have some new pros stepping the stage. So new title holders, Um, so for me, it's like, okay, how can Maria come in even better? Whether that be with little physical things like improving my hamstrings, my glutes, my abdominals, right? Physical improvements that I can make, whether that be through my stage presentation, being more high fashion with my posing, my energy, what look can I put together? You know, that's something where I have to discuss with my designer. How can we overdo what we just did? It's like, you set the bar. Now you got to set it even higher. Um, but I do carry, you know, my off season is going to be specifically focused on those, you know, physique, physique goals, of course, strength and performance goals so that my mindset doesn't go stir crazy. Cause you don't really see that when you start putting on the body fat. Now I know that one of the things I've set as a goal is I don't want to put excess body fat just to put on body fat. I really want to be successful with my reverse diet because again, what would a champion do? I'm not, you're not going to see a champion go on benders week after week after week, and then up 30, 40 pounds just to gain 30, 40 pounds. So holding myself to that standard with everything that I do. But of course, again, going back to, you know, life goes on right after you win the title. I'm back to work. I'm back to doing my thing as a coach. That's I I actually that's one of the best titles that I hold is being a coach and being able to be that role model and a guiding hand for my athletes and being an educator for clean health. You know, how can I improve the value that I provide these students and PTs and impacting more and more people. I impact a PT that impacts their clients. There you go is my tree of reach, right? So if I, again, carry that with such great honor and uh, to some people, it's just a title. To me, it's just, 
it's like the cherry on top of all the hard work and effort that's put in, but it's just set the, it's just set the bar even higher. So all the pressure is even higher. And I, I live for that. And, you know, yeah, my heart is set on going back and defending it. And it's not just for the physique and another crown, but it's like, can I do that from the moment this off season starts, which was, you know, it started on Monday. It's like, this is my off season. I'm ready to work and grind for it. And, you know, documenting that and showcasing that it's not all ups and downs. Uh, it's not all easy. It really isn't. Gosh, uh, man, when it, it's time to get a little bit thicker, it's going to be really challenging. I want to be transparent and showcase that, you know? And so that's that's one of my biggest goals. And that's what I'm going to do differently is be more transparent with show, showcasing my journey for those that need to, that need it. And I know that a lot of us do need to see that, especially, you know, with the female athletes that are introduced to competing for the first time. Um, but then with my training overall is just being very specific of like areas we're not supposed to grow, like my upper body, absolutely no progressions are needed. Like they're like, do not even cross an, a 1% increase there to like areas like, you know, glutes and hammies where I'm, Hey, listen, if I have to push my training even harder for lower body, I'm here for it. That's all <laughs> I to um, but things like that, it's like, I'm driven now. I have my why, you know, the emotions are going to come in and out right now as we enter post-show blues, but I'm just going to remind myself that even though I'm, uh, I'll tell you right now, 361 days away from world championships. Yes, I have a countdown already. I love it. I love it's it. <laughs> what I, it's what I do right now that's going to set me up for success later. So let me start doing that, right? It's We're playing the long game. Delayed gratification, mm-hmm. something that society nowadays hates. Hates. Right? We want instant results. Yep. Mm-mm. Yep. That's why I love the sport, man. Uh, this delayed gratification, it what truly keeps me hooked and addicted to the, the to the name of the game. Like I, oh, I love that. Like I love it so much. I'm a firm believer in how you do one thing, how you do everything. And it's something that's so beautiful that's about true. bodybuilding is that if you've achieved a physique that's that's admirable, that's noteworthy, the rest of your life is very, very likely looking pretty good as well. And yeah. you can't fake it. You you, you can't fake being positive. You can't fake being happy. You can't fake success. You can't fake the physique. You truly can't. My last question for you today, you have all of this going for you. You've overcome so much. There's so much resilience to you. There's so much backstory to you. There's so much depth to you. To some people, they're looking at you now and they're like, well, she's perfect. Like she has everything like yada, yada. Let me ask you, Maria. Yes. What do you struggle with right now? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I actually thought about this for a little bit and I, my, one of my biggest flaws is that I always feel like I'm never doing enough and I always have to prove myself. I felt that since I was a little kid and I see this with the work I do. I take on a lot more than I can handle because I always feel like I couldn't do enough. I started coaching at a very young age. I got to go against the big dogs that have years of experience. So I had to prove myself with education right? Got to prove myself with that success. As an athlete, you know, a young competitor, young contender, had to prove myself to keep showing up to fight with the big dogs, you know, with my own life, you know, and like who I am as a person. There's always so much growth there too. It's like, I always feel like I could be doing better and being better. And instead of, instead of beating myself up about that and still feeling like I'm not enough, I'm slowly starting to accept that there's beauty in being imperfect and finding room for growth. And I promise anybody that's listening to this, anybody that you see online that looks perfect are fighting their own battles. And I mean that in the most, like there's not a single person I can think of. There isn't, there's not a person that you can go and be like, yep, their life is perfect because 
your per definition of perfect may not be for them. No matter the means of success, billionaires, millionaires, driving their fancy, that's not happiness and that's not perfection. And my ultimate goal is to reach that genuine bliss, but you can't have happiness without the dark moments. So I accept them with open arms and I have areas of improvement I need to do as, you know, my own person of like allowing myself to be a student, allowing myself to not have everything figured out, allowing myself to, you know, accept that I'm still growing and will always be growing. And I, again, it goes back to having these mentors that remind me, it's like, you know, you will forever be a student always. So you have to just embrace that. And that doesn't mean, you know, aim for the stars, set those high goals, like be fucking fearlessly ambitious because the only way to get there is by doing that. But also remind yourself, like, like I, I, this is something I talk about with my athletes right now in this moment. And what I did this weekend, I sat down and was like, I am where I wanted to be three, four years ago. Maria, you are there. Stop focusing on the next, the next, the next, which is great and all, but you have to be rem like, remind yourself of like, you are in the moments you were praying for last year, the year before, and the year before that. So that's one of the things that's like, just being better at doing that and being more, you know, transparent with like, you know, there are dark moments, but I'm just not the type of person that, you know, when I'm facing those dark moments, taking a picture of myself crying to post it on social media, but I have those that's moments. <laughs> no offense. I just, that, that's you know, goofy. I, I don't like yeah, people do that. That's an no, easy I'm unfollow. Not, <laughs> like, I love y'all if y'all are my friends and you're like, yeah, but like, I just, I face those battles by, uh, you know, uh, by myself. And yep. maybe that's a room for improvement, being more open with those around me to overcome them. And, you know, some things are just not meant to go on social media, guys. And just know that, like, you know, if, if you feel like you're the only person struggling with that, I promise you, someone you look up to may be struggling with something similar. That's like, just know that social media is a freaking illusion of perfection. It's an illusion of you have endless options. It's an illusion of you're not doing enough and you could have been more successful at your age. Stop. You are on your own journey. You are on your own path. You're on your own means of success. Just because another 24-year-old out there is making double what I'm making doesn't mean that I'm not successful. That's my reminder to all of you guys. You need to like pull away from comparing yourself to someone else's success and where they are in their timeline because you never know how they started, what opportunities they were served. Focus on you and stay in your lane. And as long as you keep on focusing on being 1% better, improving yourself, you're going to always continue to grow on your own path and journey. That's you know, again, something I need to practice. I am not a perfect person. And I actually love that you asked that question because, you know, we all have room for growth and it, I'm always open for criticism and feedback from those around me of being like, Maria, you know, this is what I think you need to improve on. Thank you. Yes. Add it to the list of things. I'm very open to stuff like that. So far from perfect, everybody, far, far from perfect, <laughs> but then there's no such thing as perfection. Progression. Yes. Perfection. No. Maria Barova, you are phenomenal. Um, you're a phenomenal role model. You're someone who I truly believe people should look up to. I look up to you. I look up to your mindset, your resilience, the way that you carry yourself. The WBFF is extremely lucky to have you as their world champion. And you're a poster child for them now. You know, you're... Um, they, they, they couldn't have chosen a better champion. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. I know you're extremely busy. So taking time out of your day for this, it just uh, it means a lot. I'm, I'm very excited for people to get this. Um, yeah, A+. plus. Now, I told you, you come down to Austin. I'm going to get you in that chair right across from me. We're going to have a podcast. We're going to have a training session. We're going to have a YouTube. But yes, sir. 
while you're here, where can people find you? And uh, I know you have a couple sponsors that you would like to thank. Uh, So go ahead and take this time to promote yourself and uh, get some new fans to follow you. Yeah, if you guys want to follow my journey, you can follow me on Instagram at Maria underscore Barova. You can also see a lot of free education that I provide through Clean Health Fitness Institute. I am a master coach and educator for clean health. We prov- And we have a lineup of epic legend, uh, industry legends like Lane Norton, Sebastian Orib, Hattie Boydell, you name it, that are part of the arsenal of coaches there. So anyone looking to get educated... I can't recommend them enough. It's completely changed the game for me as a coach and uh, just as an educator as a whole. Big, big, huge shout out and thank you to Optimum Nutrition who have been my sponsors for over three years now. I've been using their products since I was, you know, that 14-year-old going into, we have a gym called Export here in Chicago. The first tub, the gold standard, you know, Mm -hmm. definitely picked that up when I first started uh, bodybuilding (laughs) and training. And of course, you know, my Muscle Nation fam who have been supportive of me, even though they're halfway across the world through my goals, ambitions, they're my clothing sponsor. I'm very grateful for all of them. And, you know, the coaches in my corner, my mentors, I just, there's so many people that I can thank and show gratitude for. And it's honestly, every single person that follows my journey and takes the time, like like Justin, you messaging me, like there's just the fact that there's more than one person that cares enough to say something I will never get over that. And I will always find the time to respond back and share that gratitude and love because it feels surreal to me. And I only hope that anybody listening, watching my journey can just truly find value and inspiration. And I'm always a helping hand. If anybody ever needs help with anything, I try my best to get back to everyone. And gosh, Justin, it was such an honor to be on this podcast because I remember back in the day listening to, you know, one of the, some of the first episodes of Grow or Die and seeing hearing your intro. I still can't replicate how fast you say that intro, but you do it every time. Um, and I get to learn, you know, from you and like some of the great guests that you've bring on. And I'm really grateful to be on this podcast and hope everybody enjoyed listening and yeah, I, I can't wait to be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you up on that. I might have to plan, plan a trip ASAP and go. step into those shoes in the big ring and hang with the big boys. Let's I, get it done. Um, Let's see let what me, you got. Let's see what the WBFF World Champion has. I, I need, I need, I need to prove it. I need to unless prove I'm, it. unless I'm throwing up on the floor and can't walk. I don't give up. So I'm, <laughs> I'm in for talking about proper training intensity. Yeah. I know the standard you hold your athletes to, so it's very admirable. And I would love to challenge myself to prove, you know, prove that I got what it takes. So we definitely got to chat about that. It'll be about me coming down to Austin and doing an epic training session. Hey, That'd be so dope. I love it. We'll definitely chat here in the DM super soon to get that play. I'm Thank you so much for coming on. I know that you guys are going to love this episode, so make sure to like us, subscribe to the YouTube, leave us a five-star rating review, but most importantly, share us with your friends. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We will see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Bye, everybody. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Did it, <laughs> hey, 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 hey.